Robins on the Wire, a Bristol Post podcast with Michelle Owen and Bristol City reporter Gregor McGregor. Welcome along to Robins on the Wire with myself, Michelle Owen and Gregor McGregor. We're here as usual, of course, we're not together recording remotely, but pleased to still bring you the podcast. By the way, if you were listening last week and uh, we promised you a video, sorry the video didn't happen. Uh, the video editor has been unwell, so we can get that to you. So we just thought we'll revert back to type and we'll bring you the podcast this week. And I was chatting to Gregor just now before we started recording and he said we've got plenty to talk about, which is lovely in these uncertain times. It's nice, obviously, to talk about something other than what's going on in the world, but it all has relevance to what's happening, so we can't avoid it com- completely, can we, Gregor? But are you keeping well? Are you all good? Are you enjoying uh, a bit of downtime, dare I say, or are you just desperate for the football to get back? Like most people, probably desperate to have the football come back. Absolutely. Yeah, soldiering on as as everybody is, but um, yeah. yeah, yeah, can't wait for return to normality. I know, and um, we just we have no idea when that's going to be. So I don't think that's even worth speculating about this week. But we will talk about season card sales, Gregor. You've been looking at that this uh, these past few days. What have you found? So yeah, the club has just finished their first phase of the season card sales, and you basically had to reserve your seat if you didn't do it by that deadline then you would obviously lose it or, or somebody might then come in and, and nab it off you. So all well and good. And it's a little bit of a thorny situation because obviously at the same time, you've got a lot of EFL clubs in many troubles and there are various ways you can buy your season card these days. So you can spread it out monthly uh, monthly wise if you want to, to spread the cost, etc. However, we were contacted by a few Bristol City fans who wanted us to then go and ask the club to say, listen, in the wake, um, in the wake of the coronavirus um, situation and, mm. and the upheaval at the moment, why is the club per- persevering with the current deadlines, i.e., um, I think it was 23rd of of March was the, the, the first real deadline before you might mm. lose your seat. And a few were a bit uh, unhappy about that so yeah we, I did take it to the club and I did ask them and they they said they didn't want to um, give a response to that um, officially uh, okay. which is within their right they don't have to um, but they did uh, a spokesperson did point out to us a couple of things from the club's um, point of view which is which is good really because there are, there are two sides to every story obviously and they say that basically because Bristol City started selling their season cards very early much earlier than a lot of other clubs they mm-hmm. didn't feel the need because we were essentially coming to the end of their sales period they didn't feel the need to extend it at all and it, and it didn't really have too much impact for them and they also pointed out that season card sales have been very good and healthy in their words. So I suppose that's a positive for the club. And also they took that as meaning that it wasn't a large problem for a lot of fans. And finally, they pointed out that the club has been making um, gestures and 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 moving along with the coronavirus uh, situation by um, undertaking measures such as freezing subscriptions to the Robins TV service, mm-hmm. which is good to hear. So if you if you're a subscriber to that, then you, you won't be billed in the next uh, the next time for that because obviously there are no matches to be shown at the moment or anything. So yeah, the, the club is doing um, uh, is implementing measures. Whether it could have 
maybe helps out fans a little bit by by not asking them to shell out for season tickets just yet might have been um, another thing they could have done. But well, I'd imagine not everyone's gone through with it, and and there'll be more available. That's just me. Yeah logically yeah. but I guess yeah. we'll see yeah. numbers and things in the months to come but it'll be interesting to see sort of what the policy is going forward now that we're in this situation and when they go to put more season cards out you know it's a fresh situation not what we thought was happening a few weeks ago yeah absolutely yeah. I've heard anecdotal evidence since I published the story and, and put it on social media I've heard from other fans who, who said they, they're not particularly happy they've had to lump out now mm. but, they, but they've done it because they don't want to lose their seats other people as I say have just have, have um, renewed no problem whatsoever and fair play to them they want to other people have decided not to and have decided to wait and see what happens and and that's within their right as well so ultimately people vote with their feet a little bit so mm. if there's a major problem there the club will likely change their policy so so yeah we, we'll see what happens but I don't I don't think it's a major issue talking of, of finances what's the latest with the EFL because obviously this is all having a big impact so let's get the financial talk out of the way and then we can move on to the more fun and interesting stuff uh, what, what do you know about that yeah I suppose it kind of ties into what we're just saying doesn't it because because yeah the the finances are, are the lifeblood of every club and mm. yeah I, I don't have too much to add on this apart from just that we, there were the official announcements last week on on funding being made available to every EFL club. The grants, as of, as far as I'm aware, won't make a huge amount of difference for a club like Bristol City, who, and I pointed this out on social media, and I should put this in as well. It, Bristol City are in a very fortunate situation where they have this fantastic backing from the Lansdowne family, so they don't really need to worry about the short-term finances as much as other clubs and I mean I've been reading today about how MK Dons for example are one club who are unfortunately I believe laying off staff at the moment there are other clubs doing this we spoke about Barnet last week um, I believe I think it's been reported today and yesterday that Birmingham City and I believe Sheffield Wednesday and even Leeds United I think wasn't it last night as well are all in discussions about um, capping wages of their players and asking, yeah, their the, the squads to maybe take a dip in pay over the next few weeks to make up the shortfall. As far as I'm aware, that's not happening at Bristol City. Mm. We'll keep you updated if we hear differently. And as I've said, Bristol City are in this great position where they their um, funds are underwritten by the Lansdowne family, yeah, and, and that is always puts them always puts them in a very good position. In the longer term, they're obviously their philosophy is to sell players to to make a profit. And there was a great thread by Swiss Ramble this week examining all the EFL and Championship finances, and it, and it basically had Bristol City at the very top of making a profit in, in the championship this season, but that was mostly through player sales. So they will continue to sell players, yeah. but they, at the same time, they don't have to worry about finances so much. Yeah, it's, it's actually staggering to think what clubs might have to do now to make ends meet and whether this will affect the transfer market really in a big, big way in the, in the next transfer window, which we actually, I guess, we don't really know when that's going to be. We haven't heard that it's changed yet, but it could change. Um, and like you say, Bristol City so lucky to have the Lansdowne store sort of steering the ship and underwriting everything 
um, at the moment. But on a lighter note, let's uh, talk about Corey Smith and his teabag challenge, which went viral. This was brilliant. I think, was it Monday he did this? I mean, let's be honest, all the days blur into one at the moment. Yeah. Where he did some keepy-uppies, and on the last one, he kicked it into the teacup. This was incredible. Then he made the cup of tea. Now, my issue with this is, did he have clean feet or were they smelly? Because I don't think <laughs> I'd drink that cup of tea if it was. But uh, have you tried this, Gregor? I haven't tried it. I was tempted to when I was thinking about it the other day, but no, I haven't tried it. Didn't want to waste a valuable tea bag at the moment. <laughs> um, but this is great, isn't it? Seeing the players doing things like this. And I know we had the uh, Thomas Callas and Nathan Baker video. Yeah. Just on the Corey one, do you think it... I, do you think it was genuine? Because the reason I ask is because I don't know if you saw the address from head coach Lee Johnson yesterday that the club put out um, where Lee looks to be he's on his sofa at home and he seems to be um, yeah, suffering a little bit because he's not, not out on the training pitch with his squad and he's talking to his little tactics board. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I, I'm sure he says in there, there's there's something that made me think that maybe it wasn't the most genuine of um, of videos, but I might be reading no. too much into that, and I'm a, a cynical you journalist. Is this what you're saying? <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe maybe there was I don't know many many attempts or something. I don't know. But well, there were de um, I bet you that wasn't the first take. I bet you any money. But uh, tell you what, I will. Um, this week, I'll ask. I'll try and get in touch with him, and we can see if it was. Genuine. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So that, that can be my mission for this, this week. Uh, but yeah, the, the players are getting inventive, aren't they? They're, they're doing yeah, different yeah. things. And I think the fans like to see it, don't they? Yeah, I, I think they do. Um, I, I mean, what do you think of the Thomas Callas and Nathan, Nathan Baker one? Because all, all I would say about that is, well, firstly, I, I don't mind seeing that kind of crazy behavior because, uh, you, you want to see the team building, the camaraderie developing. Yeah, they absolutely. obviously have this bromance going in the same way that that um, we've seen from Casey Palmer and Benek Afobe earlier in the season. And I always think those kind of bonds are really important to a team and also a very good sign. So Yeah, I think it shows it's genuine, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And and that's that's great. The only obviously they they can't do that now with um social distancing can i don't know can you dance two meters apart or well you just can't see anyone can you because we're technically yeah. on, on lockdown so really i guess any, everyone shouldn't be seeing yeah. any uh but you know it's great to see sort of what they're doing to keep their spirits up because you if you think about it you know as much as we are all in this situation they're so used to being all together every day this must be as a footballer quite hard mentally yeah absolutely absolutely and i know it's got to be tough to keep yourself fit as well in in, in this environment I'm, i don't know if you've seen it today but there's a, a nice little story on the um, training ground guru website which has some information from patrick orm who is mm -hmm. one of the coaches at Bristol City, and he's given some insight into how basically the Bristol City players were told that they were going to have to be working out at home, and, yeah. and then and then there was an almighty carve up 
as everybody then went to the gym and basically took all the gym stuff home, which is, <laughs> which is a, a great picture to have in your mind. But yeah, that, that kind of shows the, the levels that they're, that they're working to because I know they've all been given these individual programs. And in that article by Patrick Orm as well, he, he explains how their individual routines are to once a week get up to full, full on speed uh, match speed if they can the rest of the time they're doing hard. it's a big ask isn't interval it training yeah you know that how do you replicate that i saw um matt parsons he lives where i live and i saw him jogging the other day he works for the first team squad so the staff are doing their bit as well they're staying fit that's for sure but it's it's just so tricky isn't it what i was thinking as well is maybe quite a few of the first team squad are young men that live on their own so now, you know, everyone is completely isolated from one another. That might must be quite hard. It is, it is. I would have, I would bet, though, that a lot of them are playing, what, computer games? I don't know. What's, what's I would the, imagine. Yeah. I mean, FIFA. I can't say I'm I can't say I'm up to date with it. But yeah, well, FIFA, is it FIFA 20? Well, FIFA 20, yeah, that'd be the latest one, wouldn't it? Well, I used to play FIFA before I had a baby. Uh, but there's been there's been some great stuff online, you know, with, with um, clubs playing FIFA tournaments and stuff as well, hasn't there? There has, there has, and yeah, I, I don't know. I guess I would imagine that a fair few of them are, are playing the likes of that and Fortnite, if that's still being played very much. And and it could, you know, at the same time, they could, they could be bonding a little bit like that, you know. And yeah, I mean, they can all connect online, and I know that I've been FaceTiming my friends and family a lot, so I'm sure everyone is doing that too. Um, good news this week is uh, about the scholars all, all getting new contracts. I saw this, Gregor, and I see that you've been across this as well. Yeah, this is um, something we reported towards the end of last week. And yeah, basically there is still business happening behind the scenes at Bristol City. And in fact, one of the coaches has even, academy coaches has even posted on social media to confirm this. But we believe that there are, the club are very close to agreeing their next batch of scholars and their first professional deals. And there are some guys in there who are definitely well worth keeping an eye on. I, I, I mean, I think we've spoken before about Sam Pearson yeah. of, the, of Wales under-19s. spoke to him recently and also Joe Lowe. Uh, there's also Barney Sodi, who I think is, was named last year as, as the sort of basically the equivalent of Young Player of the Year behind the scenes there. So those three guys we expect to stay on. Also, I've seen Brian Tinian tweeting today about Tommy Conway and Sam Bell. And I think those guys are also in that year group. And, and these are guys we expect to be handed deals as well. I believe Vincent Harper is another young guy who's been offered a deal as well. So, yeah, there is there is some, some good talent, as there always is at Bristol City. And these guys... Um, are having their their next their, their first professional deals wrapped up, and we probably expect some announcements in the near future on that from the club. Well, talking of sort of things getting wrapped up, looking ahead, I, I know I just said a few minutes ago we don't know what's going to happen with the transfer window, um, but you've been looking ahead, and you think Bristol City are already making plans for the transfer window, keen on adding a right back, a left back and defensive midfielder. So let's talk transfers because we can't talk football. Uh, right back wise, any ideas who they might look at? Well, yeah, this the, the thing they have to decide on first of all is whether they're going to keep Pedro Pereira. And mm. our understanding is that, well, 
well, first of all, actually, don't forget that they announced that he was arriving on a loan deal. He's technically on loan still from Benfica, and he has, I think the club confirmed as well that he has uh, a clause agreed whereby they can turn that deal into a permanent one. So there's some decisions to be made there. Our understanding is that that the fee agreed for that is around £5 million, which is a pretty significant fee. I think only, I mean, off the top of my head, the only players who would have cost more is Thomas Callas, who we believe is around £8 million, and yeah. um, Fam Jeju when he signed as for a club record fee around £5.3 million, uh, whereas then you've got Casey Palmer and Narky Wells around £4 million, according to our information anyway. So, yeah, that is a significant deal, and they'll have to decide on it. I would say, actually, that Pereira, just before we the football was suspended, was actually showing some really great form and, yeah. and, and really coming into his own. So I wouldn't be surprised if they took up that option. But this maybe kind of explains why Bristol City were recently linked to um, Crew Alexander's Perry Ing. Uh, I, I don't know. Uh, Ng. Perry Ng. Yeah. Yeah, Ng. Yeah. Okay. Um, That's how you say uh, it, I think. Right. Okay. I can never get the names right. But, <laughs> well, there but, is no vowels in his surname. So to be fair, that is a different one, but it's literally spelled NG. So if you're looking to Google him and wondering who we're talking about, I've seen him play a couple of times. He's pretty handy, to be fair. Yeah, so so we believe that they are looking at both right and left backs and, and obviously Tommy Rowe filled in a bit at left back, but you can maybe argue it's not his natural position there. So we do think the, cl the club are, are looking for players in those positions but we'll have to obviously wait and see what happens in the, in the near future and when football about, resumes and gets back to normal. Yeah, what about defensive midfield? I just Defensive midfield, yeah. I'm, that's one that Lee Johnson actually hinted at himself recently after a game. We, we were asking him about his squad and he said that maybe the one thing they lacked is a bit of physicality. So mm. they... They were after a ball winner previously. I think I've said in my story that they really liked Joe Williams before he went to uh, Wigan. Uh, the Everton, it was at Everton, someone they would have been uh, very much aware of because they took Liam Walsh from Everton, and also I think it's is it Phil Phil Jevons, a former Bristol City striker, is works behind the scenes in the youth. Uh, groups up at Everton, so they're very aware of those players there. They they like Joe Williams. He did a very good job at Bolton on loan, um, and he, and I think he actually was very close to signing for Bristol City, uh, apart from an injury got in the way. So he's one player to keep an eye on, but there'll no doubt be others. And if we obviously can figure out who they are, then uh, we'll we'll let people know. And in terms of what Bristol City are doing to keep in touch with their fans, I've had a little look at their Twitter, and they're doing quite a few tweets a day, aren't they? Obviously, there was the message from Lee Johnson on his uh, sofa yesterday. I mean, I can't imagine, yeah, he must be bored very much so at the moment, uh, because he's just football, 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 isn't he? But um, yeah. if, you, if you sort of go through Bristol City's Twitter, you can see what they're up to. I saw uh, Downsy on it yesterday doing Guess Who, which is a bit of fun. But um, side note, Downsy, who's the stadium announcer, has volunteered to be, I'm sure he won't mind me saying, because he's put it on social media, uh, has volunteered to be one of the NHS volunteers, which is incredible. Fantastic so, stuff. Yeah, yeah fantastic he's, stuff. You know, there's just, just great people all around the club. Um, yeah. Do you think the club are doing what they can, really, at the moment with their social media? Could they be utilising it more, or do you think it's pretty much where most clubs are at? Yeah, I, I, I think... Maybe people don't realise this, a lot, of, a lot of fans, a lot of supporters, but you actually have a lot of 
staff at clubs these days who who work on the media side and especially at Bristol Sport and Bristol City they've got a lot of media st- staff who've got to work away and and I, I wonder if they're taking holidays at the moment or yeah. or, or or having to do other stuff but um yeah I mean I guess uh, they can't be in work can they because no one it wouldn't be classed as an essential business so I, I maybe they could take holiday and just relax at home or maybe they could be working from home yeah, probably working from home like like I am really, and and yeah, I, I quite like their output. I saw obviously they did um, the rerun of the of the Johnson Paint Trophy win from the from the double winning season, I think it was, and yeah, that that looked to go down pretty well. And yeah, I'm, they've been um, highlighting some good causes as well. I don't know if you saw the the Brian Tinian one with um, yes. Sun Jay Tinian. Sun Jay, yeah. Yeah, and they're ra- they've been raising money for the NHS through auctioning off one of uh, Brian's shirts, which is fantastic stuff. And I think Scott Murray's been doing some, likewise, some 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 more good deeds. So, yeah, some good stuff there being highlighted. I mean, I I know that they've um, been tweeting. This was from the Bristol City um, Jerry Topnell, the point of contact for Bristol City Sport Inquiries. He tweeted the other day, anyone in the Bradley Stoke Stoke gift area who needs help with shopping, collection, prescriptions, etc., uh, feel free to ask away, which is amazing. I mean, our my mother-in-law is in, in that area, so uh, she needs help, and I was tempted to get in, in touch ourselves because obviously we're not allowed to, to go up there at the moment. So it's just amazing to see everyone. I guess everyone's sort of level, aren't they? You know, everyone's in this together, but these people have a big reach and can make a big difference. Yeah, and also the football club is the hub of the community these yeah. days. I mean, I, I, I'm, I probably don't cover it enough, but the Robbins Foundation does some great work all the time. And um, we have heard before from Dan White and some of the other guys at the Bristol uh, South Sports Centre, and we will do again. And in fact, I know they were due to open, unfortunately, in May, but I guess that's been pushed mm-hmm. back now with everything. But um, yeah, definitely clubs are so central to communities and and they need to um they need to respect that and and to cover that and yeah bristol city are doing that they've they've had some good announcements and and they're keeping people abreast of of everything that's happening so yeah long may that continue and in terms of what you're covering over the next week you know i like to ask you this now each week you're able to still get quite a lot done aren't you even though you're at home putting calls find out what's going on in terms of transfers because now it's quieter without the football it gives you a chance to explore sort of other avenues i mean are there any sort of interviews you're looking to do or anyone to get in, in touch with at the moment yeah i <laughs> i don't i don't want to give too much away just yet but yeah oh. i've got i've got a couple of well, classic journey. I've got a couple of little things lined up, so um, hopefully we'll we'll see those come to fruition over the next few days. I know, I know, obviously, I've said this. I think I said this last week, but things are still happening in the background at clubs. There were mm. there are discussions going on between clubs all the time that we don't hear about, um, and and also we hear bits and pieces from um, all manner of sources. So yeah, yeah, uh, we have got some interviews and, and bits coming. So um, hopefully well we might even be able to talk about them next week i wanted to ask you something not bristol city related about bitten who were meant to play in the fa vars semi-final and now steps five and six of football have been cancelled for the season do we have any indication about 
what's going to happen about this? Because that was worth a lot of money to them, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. And it's sad, really sad to hear because it does sound like, oh, yeah, as you say, those seasons are winding up. I think it's just, I'm not sure if it's official, but I've certainly seen some reports. Just they're playing concert, weren't they? In the, yeah. In the bars. Yeah. I, I've seen just reports in the last few hours saying that they're looking to wind up the National League as well. I've seen that as well. Yeah, I have seen that. So I don't, I mean, that's huge, isn't it? Because that's promotion to and from the Football League. Absolutely, absolutely. It would have a knock-on effect, wouldn't it, to the EFL in terms of nobody would be uh, relegated from, as you say, so League, yeah, League Two. So then you, you you may be called into question sort of the sporting integrity a little bit of some of the fixtures to be played, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So you're right, it could have a huge knock-on impact. Um, as, as far as AFC Bitten go, yeah, that's a, a massive blow for them. And whether that will be able to be played or not, it's... It's just horrendous timing, but all I can add is that I had a very good time down at Bitten when, when we went a couple of years ago when yeah. Bristol City played their annual community community game there. I have seen that talks are ongoing with the FA regarding National League and the Football Pyramid with the men's and women's game and whether their respective seasons will be ended. I mean, if they're including the women's game in that, I wonder if that includes the, the Super League and if that affect Bristol City's women's team. I have to keep an eye on that or whether they're classing that as the football league you know like to the men's so a bit vague on that we'll we'll look into it but i guess it's down to each individual league to make the decision on on how that happens we'll just have to to wait and see and what would the options be i guess that they could do a points calculation or simply null and void the season would that be more likely yeah that seems to be well those measures seem to be the the major ones being discussed at the moment sort of points per game or or, or something along those lines. It's, it's, I don't know, it's so difficult. How would you like to see it? Sort oh, of? I just think it's impossible. I just, yeah. If you do a points calculation or if you try and try to project things, I don't see how that's fair. You could you could finish with it how it is now, but again, I, I don't see how that's fair. And it, but null and voiding it, it feels like all that effort has gone to waste. That's what yeah. gets me with the null and void yeah. thing. But if we, yeah. what I don't understand, sorry, what I don't understand is if the Football League is going to resume, which hopefully, hopefully it will, why cannot all those other leagues resume? I think the problem with steps five and six, because my husband's involved with that, is they had such a backlog of fixtures due to the weather. But right. with the National League, I as far as I know, there isn't a massive backlog. Why can't they finish when the Football League is finishing and things? Or is it going to be a question of resources? You know, when the Football League comes back, are they going to try and bring it back while we're still restricting certain measures? It's hard to say what's going to happen, isn't it? I wouldn't imagine they'll bring the football back while the emergency services are being pressed so much like they are now. No, absolutely, absolutely. Wrong. I think it would be wrong to. If I'm, I mean, I miss football as much as the next person, but you can't do anything that takes any professionals, emergency professionals, away from where they need to be right now, can you? No, absolutely not. And I don't think we'll see that. But um, just to go back a second to your sort of original question, I wonder yeah, if we, <laughs> we might end up with a sort of, you know, in cricket they have the Duckworth-Lewis method of calculating how yep. the game is won when you get a lot of rain. And, uh, and it's normally a very complicated mathematical formula maybe we might be heading to something like that points per game doesn't it because i just yeah. think so unpredictable so unpredictable it's just 
Oh, who knows? Who knows? It's difficult times, but it's been nice to talk about some of the lighter things, what's happening in the community with some people that work at Bristol City and what the players are doing as well. And yes, I will try and uh, see if I can get hold of Corey Smith just for a little message this week to see if it was his first attempt. because He's quite good at messaging back on uh, social media and things. So fingers crossed. Uh, if you're listening as well, if you've got anything you'd like us to discuss that's worrying you or something positive you want us to mention on next week's podcast, uh, please tweet us. Uh, Gregor, your Twitter handle is at G That is correct. Yeah, double E on the G. And uh, mine's at Michelle Owen 7, or you can do at Bristol City Live as well. And we'll uh, hopefully, all being well, be back next week. And I know in my column this week, I've been reflecting on my time reporting on uh, Bristol City. So next week, Gregor, I thought we might talk about, if it's okay with you, if we have time, the most memorable game that you've covered so far for Bristol City. And I think I know the answer already, but uh, we'll do that next week as well. Good show. Fantastic. Uh, thanks, Gregor, and thank you for listening. Stay safe, stay well, stay at home, and we will catch you next week. Robin's on the wire.